Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Balls and Whistles, a Highland news and media podcast looking at what's been going on in the world of sport around the Highlands this week. Uh, This is of course our first episode for 2022. I hope everybody out there managed to enjoy their festive period and are having a great new year so far. I am Andrew Henderson and I'm on my own this week. We don't have sports editor Will Clark because he's away on annual leave. Uh, Probably for the best, it gets the chance to relax after what was quite a hectic Christmas period for us with the papers. Um, But I feel like straight off the bat today I should address uh, something that our avid listeners may well have picked up on, that there was not a new episode of Balls and Whistles last week. Uh, I did put up a wee thread on Twitter about why that was the case and what the podcast might look like, what it means for the podcast going forward. I'm conscious that not everybody who listens to this may be on Twitter or may well not follow me on Twitter, although I will be personally offended if I find out that you listen to this podcast and you don't follow me on Twitter. Um, But just because of that, I wanted to make sure I addressed it at the start of this episode as well. We are around about a year uh, on now into doing balls and whistles uh, it'd be around about exactly a year actually since we first launched it and it's a lot of work for us every week and I'm not saying that as a woe is us situation we enjoy doing it uh, we really like having the opportunity to put out content in this form to you we enjoy the discussions that we have and being able to talk about some different topics that we might not get to explore so much in the papers this isn't by any means trying to get sympathy but It does mean that we spend quite a few hours every week going and making this podcast. And to put it quite bluntly, that's a lot of work for what we felt like we were getting out of it. I know Will has used the phrase that he thinks these discussion style shows are a little bit more played out now. Um, There's a lot of these sorts of podcasts on the go. So we want to just take a step back at the start of 2022 and figure out what we could do slightly differently with Balls and Whistles, how we can make it the best show it can be, both for any of you listening and for us putting it together. So what we think is going to happen, and this is still subject to change at this point, we don't think we're going to put out a new episode every week um, just because of the time that it takes for us to do that every week. What will most likely happen when we do put out a new episode is that we'll focus on a particular topic or a particular person and go in-depth with an interview with them rather than just having the two of us trying to cram as much in as possible every week because a lot of the time we feel like we have to skate over some stuff that's actually really cool and really interesting. But just because we don't want the podcast to go on for two hours every week, we kind of have to just throw it in at the end and mention it and not really do much more with it, which at times, you know, it doesn't really feel fair. So yeah, we're, we're reworking the format of the podcast. Hopefully you'll be able to hear from us every couple of weeks, uh, if not every single week going forward. And hopefully it means you will learn a little bit more about whatever it is we're talking about that time rather than getting a wee snapshot of everything. So that's where we are. That is the working plan going forward. Like I say, that's subject to change. And the first of those sorts of episodes is what you're about to hear today. A few months ago, right back before the start of the football season, I chatted to fans of Ross County and fans of Inverness Caledonian Thistle to talk about what the season might look like for them. Now that the Premiership's coming back from the winter break next week and I was on my own and we're getting into the real business end of the season for Cali Thistle, I thought it was a good chance to reconnect with those guys 
and see how things had changed in the few months since. So we're going to do a mid-season review today. Last time around we started off with Cali Thistle. I think it's only right and only fair this time we start with Ross County. Here is my chat with Ross County Supporter Liaison Officer Kenny McLennan. Thanks for joining me again, Kenny. Um, listen, I was listening back to the season preview we did. So I've got a couple of things based on that that I, I want to throw back at you. But first off, just how are you feeling about the season so far? Because I guess if I'd asked you these questions uh, a few weeks, months ago, you might have had a very different answer, right? Uh, I would say so, definitely. Um, yeah, to be honest, it's turned out... Uh, pleasantly um, pleased with how things are going, if I'm, if I'm honest, because uh, at the start, it was a, it was really an unknown. Um, and I suppose, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of supporter um, feeling about the appointment of Malky and stuff like that, you know, and you were just wondering, where is this going to go, you know, and, and he did, well, with a new team, he did have quite a rough start, you know, and, and quite, a, quite, a, quite a tough start with the teams he was coming up against. But you were kind of sitting there thinking, well, the guy's got all this experience, he's got all these contacts, he's taken in some quality players, it's got to click at some point, and man, Dundee did it click. <laughs> That's putting it lightly, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think everybody, everybody that's a Ross County supporter um, would have would have been extremely pleased to see that. You know, um, because you know we, we all we all we all have the same objective. We want the team to do well. We want the team to stay in the top tier if we can. Um, for the financial rewards, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure if it's our league. If I'm 100 percent honest, because um, it's getting tougher every season. You know. Um, but um, you know, I think you know my views. I think I said the first the first time we talked that I would prefer to see a bigger league. You know, um, fourteen teams maybe. But uh, yeah, I'm very pleased with how things have turned out, and um, I'm hoping that uh, there's some uh, some some activity in January that'll uh, bolster us a bit further, and let's see where we go. You know, I'm going to come on to that. Don't you worry about that, Ken. I'm going to come on to the transfer window. Um, I wanted to start with a very general question because I, I really wasn't sure. You know, it, the first half of the season has been so polarizing. It started so badly, and then the last couple of, of weeks and months have been so good. I, it's almost yeah. difficult to to sum it up in in a few sentences, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you look at you look at guys like Regan Charles Cook, who last season, you know, you just didn't know if if the Scottish game was going to suit him. You know, you sort of looked at him and you thought. I'm just not sure he's got it for for this for this league. You know, it's it's a tough league. You don't get time on the ball. But this season, he's like a different guy. He's like a different player altogether. He seems to have confidence. He seems to have settled. He seems to have everything about him this season. And adding Hangbo to that, well, you can see how it's looking. You know, and they're two quality players. And and I'm really hoping that they they just the second part of the season they just they just run with it because. You know they've got so much skill and talent. Um, it's a big stage for them, you know. And look, look, look at you know other players have come to to Ross County and ended up going off to bigger teams and stuff like that. And you can see what Ross Stewart's doing, you know. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, the, the 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 rewards are there if you if you if you put in the performance, you know. I did think it was quite interesting. I asked you back in the summer who you expected to be the key players for Ross County this season, and and when we chatted then. 
it was still quite early in the transfer window, so the likes of Joe Hungbo hadn't even come to the club yet. But I don't think Charles Cook was one of the ones you mentioned. It, it just goes to show how quickly things can change, how quickly perspectives can change. Yeah, 100%. I didn't see that coming, I'll be quite honest. Um, you know, based on last season, I just thought, oh, you know, is, is he going to, how is he going to be this season? You know, he, you know, he's got, this is his chance, I suppose, you know, and how is he going to perform? And, um, he just seems to, he seems to have just reacted to the, to, to the manager. And, you know, obviously, uh, He's been told this is your this is your stage. Go off and get off and make a name for yourself, and it's worked. You know, um, I'm wondering if the wee international break at the start. You know, I wonder if that actually maybe give him a bit more confidence. Um, I don't know. Um, he seemed to come back from that anyway. Did a different player. You know, I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> it's not the same guy. <laughs> in, in a really really but, um, good way, we should say. <laughs> oh no! Absolutely! Absolutely! Just uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've got off my seat a couple of times in the West Stand, shouting, "Go on, Cookie!" You know, because I want him to do well. You know, and I think anybody that that, that sees a guy like that, that's young, and and has the talent, you, you you want them to do well. You know, and he's he's exciting to watch. You know, so positive things ahead. Hopefully, hopefully, the second start, the second chunk of the season gives us. Uh, some more good things to, to talk about. You know. Well, you're saying guys like Charles Cook have gotten you off your seat in the stand. Again, mm. if, I, if I go back to when we chatted in the summer, you said your big wish for the season was to get that buzz back about in Dingwall and to have some of these younger fans coming through, taking the drum from yourself. Now, <laughs> we are in, in the winter break right now because of yeah. COVID cases and the whole thing about supporters being allowed in grounds, but... Guys like Charles Cook and Joe Hungbo, among a few others, have certainly helped create that buzz. And oh, definitely. The, the managers even said it a couple of times, that young team down the corner, that's exactly what you wanted. Oh, absolutely. That, I mean, I, I couldn't be happier. You know, I mean, I, I engage with these guys quite a lot um, via direct message on, on Twitter and stuff like that, you know. And um, there's, there's the guy that's actually organised to come and get my leave the drum at the stadium now for them. And they, they, they effectively, it's theirs. I mean, I've just said to them, go for it. You know, you're doing a great job. Just keep it going, you know. Um, and, you know, they had their banner stolen at uh, St. Johnson. Um, their, their staggy army banner. Um, some um, chap managed to get to run away with it. So, <laughs> But we're, we're going to try and get them a new one. That's the club. We're going to try and sort that out for them. Like, you know, so I'm in contact with them to try and replicate the one they had and uh, we'll get that sorted for them because we want these guys. I mean, you know, we're working close with them. Myself and Fergie are keen to to, to engage with them and, and, and you know, continue them and, and, and just get them to, to work with the club, you know, because there's obviously guidelines that we have to sit to, to control and things like that, you know, but they're a great, great bunch of kids. And what I'm looking at is I'm looking at Motherwell singing section, you know, and I would love to see that corner expand and, and have proper banners and stuff like that and have proper a proper section like like what mother will have you know because they're in a corner of their stadium um and they've they've grown and and their club the club are full full behind them and that's the way we need to be with them you know we need to encourage these guys because that's the future these young these young dudes are the ones that are going to be supporting county hopefully and if they go off to uni then they'll be part of the central staggies and everything else that's that's what you want you know and we just we just have to continue to support them, you know, and if 
you know, if we can if we can get them to to continue what they're doing, you know, because they're traveling to games, they're hooking up with guys that are down there, and um, you know, this is this is what it's all about. You know, it's just spreading the word and and just uh, getting that stuggy army to be like a proper army. You know, they might be small in number, but they can make themselves heard. So that's that's the key thing, and the players love it. Yeah, I, I think it's quite notable how many of the players have specifically mentioned that wee corner and, and gone over showing their support at full time. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's that's sorely needed. You know, it's a two way thing. If if the if the players have that sort of buzz coming off that stand and stuff, and and then obviously the, the young guys see that connection with the players and they see you know the, the, their their stars running over and applaud you know getting mixed in with them and stuff like that you know it's just it's great you see it at other teams but it's not something we've seen a lot of at Ross County but um well not recently anyway and I'm I'm just delighted that these young guys are 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 uh, you know they're being noticed and you know the team and the manager keep mentioning them and that's that's crucial you know because it's you know the supporters are really really important you know yeah so um yeah power to them it's interesting, I think, that we both mentioned how the manager has, has talked up that group, considering when we recorded the one back in the summer, there was still quite a lot of, I don't know if outrage is too strong a word, I feel like it isn't, too, a lot of controversy about the appointment of Malky Mackay. How do you feel like the sentiment towards him has changed, if it has? Uh, oh, definitely. I, I think people can see the style of football. I think people can see that we're more organised as a team. You know, the team that's going out in the park looks more structured. Um, you know, they're playing good football. They're not giving up. You know, they're they're showing things that we haven't seen for a few years at Ross County. You know, and I'm I'm going back to like the the team that went forty odd games unbeaten with Richard Britton, Rocco Quinn, Paul Lawson all these sort of guys, you know, and there was no massive stars in that team, but they were a unit, you know, and I think that's crucial. And I think what, what I can see what Malky's trying to do. He's trying to, you know, it's sort of engage with them and make sure that they understand that they defend as a team, they attack as a team, and, they, you know, the whole structure of the game is a, it's a team game. So I, I'm seeing a lot of different things about the team this time around, you know, I'm just watching guys that were there before and, Sort of saying, well, you know, they just they just seem to understand each other a bit better. You know, some of the move, you know, the the ball from Hangbo through to Charles Cook, you know, the little things like that. We haven't seen that sort of thing. We haven't seen that kind of play and um, ambitious thinking, you know. And but whether we've maybe just been chasing the ball a lot more and maybe not having that kind of belief that we can actually compete, you know, um, it's it's encouraging to see. And and I think to be honest, I think it's a lot of the supporters now that that. That I was speaking to and stuff like that. There is a buzz about the place, you know. They're 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 keen to get. You know, if I if I put a tweet out saying there's an away bus, you know, we need bums on seats. People are engaging. You know, they're back quite quickly saying, "Can you book me on the bus? Book me on the bus." Now that's that's great to see because people are obviously wanting to get to the games. You know, so that that's what it's all about for me. I just I just think that. If, if that continues and that feeling continues, then he's only going to get more and more people behind him. More people will want to come and watch the football. It's like anything else. If you're successful, people will follow, you know. Um, there will always be folk that that, that that he's not for them. And that's fine. You know, people are allowed their opinion. You can't, you can't, you can't hammer people for, for their beliefs. If that's the way they are, then fine. 
you know, and I'm sure Mark would be the first himself to say, well, you know, I can only do what I do. And uh, you either support me or you don't. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that the second part of the season, I think I think the team are only going to get better. It's unfortunate that, that uh, a few people have gone away. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, you know you know who I'm talking about, Harry Clark. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a blow. Yeah. But we were talking about some of the standout players of the season before with Charles Cook with the Longboat Clarks, right up there with another one of those, isn't he? Yeah, fantastic player. And, and to be honest, it was always going to be difficult for us to to hold on to a player like that, you know. I don't know what he would cost um, Hibs if they do end up signing him, like, but he'll not be cheap. The guy's quality. Um, and I'm sure there would be plenty suitors, you know, they'll spot him playing for Hibs. And no doubt they'll be sniffing about him as well. So holding on to, to him will be tough for them as well. Um, but yeah, he's a quality player. You can see that in him. You know, he's just got everything about him. An athlete, just, and the goal he scored Dundee was just like, wow, where did that come from, you know? That's fantastic skill. Um, so, yeah, I think we all knew that when he arrived with the player, but um, he's only he's only just emphasised that, I suppose, by the performances he's put in recently, you know? So, yeah, I was a wee bit, a wee bit annoyed when I got wind of that was happening. I thought, oh, come on, you know, it's just typical. It was a bit strange, right enough, you know, for him to be called back and then somebody else gets him on loan, you know. It's, where's the loyalty? But that's <laughs> football, I suppose, you know. I mean, we're talking about a defender there, but some of our best memories of him, some of Ross County's best memories of him will be going forward. You know, Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, it's that threat from all over the pitch, that, that yeah. unity, I suppose, that, again, you wanted to see right back before the season started. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really hopeful that, that, that Malky's, because he did mention a few times that, um, you know, he's got, he's, he's creating a database of, of, of targets and stuff like that, you know, and that's what they want to have. They want to have guys that they know in advance the type of chap, the guys they want to bring in. So um, I'm really hopeful that he's got somebody that's very similar, that'll do a similar job, you know. But um, yeah, just have to suck it up, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Part of being a Ross County fan. <laughs> it just comes with the territory, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. compared to last season, I, th- I think you said you wanted basically improvement all over the pitch. You wanted better defence, more better attack, a bit more cohesion between the defence and attack. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you've gotten that? Because there were some defensive errors. There have been strikers struggling to score goals. You know, are, are you quite happy with what you've seen so far? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, I would like to see. I would like to see a bit more from the from the forward players, you know, like from from our strikers, you know. Um, I actually quite like it when Jordan's playing because he holds the ball that well, you know, um, and he and he can put himself about. Uh, but I do feel we're just we're just lacking that Liam Boyce type guy that's going to just bang in the goals, you know. Boyce, such a gifted player, you know, and. You know, one of these guys that when you had him, you mean he kept he kept us in the league for two seasons with his goals alone. You know, he was just he was just like prolific, and that's that's always going to be a struggle to try and find that kind of player. You know, and I think we've tried and we've tried different things, and um, it's finding somebody like that, I suppose, that's just going to feed off the likes of Charles Cook, Hangbo, and you know the, the balls that are going into the box and stuff like that. You know, we just need to. We need to find somebody that's uh, 
a real target man, you know. But defensively, the last couple of games, yeah, I think it's been a bit disrupted, you know, losing sort of Ikeviti, you know, and I think I think that's kind of sort of uh, thrown a wee bit of a spanner in the works for us, but hopefully he'll be back. Um, I'm not 100% sure, although Clark was a central defender, I think I actually preferred him out, 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 out wide, mm-hmm. you know, and I spoke to Stuart Kettlewell and I remember speaking to Kets about, about, about Clark and he was saying, oh, I think he, I think I think I think Mark he can, needs to continue playing him there. He needs to continue playing him wide because he's such a such an attacking force, you know. And uh, yeah, so um, we need to find somebody like that, I suppose, that's gonna gonna bomb up, uh, you know, that, that, that wing as well, and, and sort of like link up with like Sanbo and, and Charles Cook, you know. But no, I, I am seeing, I am quite confident that we won't be. We won't be in trouble this season. I do. I do feel that we've got enough about us to to keep ourselves safe. Um, I, I've seen enough from from what he's doing um, with the team, and I and I think he will take in some quality players. I, I do. I think he'll he'll already have guys that he's been earmarked. You know, he, he's probably had wind that people were looking at people like Clark and whatever else. You know, he's probably these guys. They're always going to be on people's radar if they're putting in performances like they have been. So. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens, you know. We've been skirting around it a little bit. Let's just go full in for it then. What does your January transfer wish list look like? By the sounds of what you're saying, a striker's top of that pile. A striker, I would like to see, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see us find somebody that's a real a real harmful up front, you know. Dominic Samuel, I think there's potential there. And, and I, I, do, I do think that he's got... Um, I think there is something there, you know, and I, and, I, and I think Jordan's a good player as well. I just feel we're just lacking somebody that's that's just a a, a goal mouth predator, you know, somebody 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 like you know. They, I mean, they were linked with a chap from Sligo Rovers, I think it was a chap, an Irish was playing for an Irish team. Uh, was it George Kelly or somebody like that? They were linked with somebody like that. And he was quite prolific, but again, it was at a lower level, you know. But so was Liam Boyce, you know. So you know, he he'd gone off to Germany and then he came back to play at lower league Irish football. And when he came to us, um, you know, no, nobody had really heard much about him, but we all knew who he was <laughs> very quickly. You know, once he started playing games and stuff at like that, got his fitness up. He really did start to, he really did start to show it, you know. So. Yeah, I would like to see us. I'd like to see us uncover somebody like that. That's, you know, I mean, we've picked up guys like Hangbo, you know, um, Callahan, some of the players that, that we do have in the team. You know, even Blair Spittle and stuff like that. You know, guys, guys that are like, you know, the team just looks. The team's just. If you go through the team sheet, you know, and you actually see it now, you're actually thinking. I'm always looking at the sheet, going, "All oh, right, players playing. Yeah, Callahan's playing. Excellent. You know, and you go through the team, and you're thinking, well. You know, whereas before you were sort of thinking, who's going to be playing in that position and who's going to be playing in this position and yeah. whatever else, you know. But um, no, we do have we do have a lot of quality, and uh, fingers crossed. You know, he's obviously going to. I'm not I'm not sure how much activity there'll be, but they'll they'll definitely be earmarking positions um, defensively. I would say I think there'll be a defender will come in. We need we could do with somebody a good commanding centre back. You know, because when we do lose people like. Like activity and stuff like that, we do end up uh, we do end up having a bit of a problem there. Baldwin's been good though; he's come into it, hasn't he? Absolutely. So 
you know, finding a partner for, for these guys, you know, just somebody that's there. But then it's always difficult, you know, because you've got to sort of like then who, who goes out, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's Donaldson away, you know, because he just, you know, he had so, so much quality in front of him as well. So, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's Ben Payton, you know, patiently waiting for his chance to, to shine, you know. Um, so, so it's a squad game. You know, they'll, they'll all get their chance. There'll be suspensions, there'll be injuries. But yeah, I would say a striker, um, maybe a defensive midfielder, maybe a, a ball winner, somebody that's a bit more like a, you know, um, a sort of sitting midfielder, maybe somebody that would just sort of like, you know, that can win the ball and spark an attack, um, like a midfield kind of sort of general, sort of bulldog type person. I've always, I've always liked that type of player. Reno Gattuso type, so in that case, you know. Might still be able to do a job, you never know. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so I would say a central defender obviously going to have to replace Harry Clark as well. Um, so, yeah, there's key positions there, I suppose, that, uh, that are going to need to be filled. And So my wish list would be if we, if we, can, if we can get in similar quality to the guys we've got already. Um, then it can only stand us in good stead, you know. Big squad. You know? It is. It absolutely is. I, yeah. I guess at this stage, it's just a case of fine-tuning things rather than rewriting the whole book. Which absolutely. It's the case yeah. on the pitch as well. You know, I, I'm guessing, don't let me put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing your wish for the second half of the season is kind of just more of the same and to keep building, keep building. Yeah, keep chipping away and just keep t- keep getting points and just keep points on the board. So it's all about, you know, targeting the teams around us. Um, and anything we can get from the bigger sides, because we're more than capable of, 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 of you know, of uh, riding it with the rest, you know, um, especially now. Um, I mean, when Celtic were up here, I, I I honestly did think, you know, I thought you know, we're good for a point here, you know. Definitely. That was such a gut, gutting <laughs> 97th or 96th minute equaliser, you know, sort of winner, you know, for them. But uh, yeah, I would just like to. I would like to see us kick on and just and just, just don't be afraid of anybody, like you know, because there's enough quality in the team to just get stuck in, you know. And what I'm seeing this season, I think, is another thing that, that I've spotted as well is that when we don't have the ball, we're pressing more, we're, we're pressing much more efficiently. We're not giving teams time on the ball, we're trying to get the ball off them, you know. Um, and when we lose the ball, we're sort of chasing after it and getting it back, which is. Something I feel we've sort of maybe lacked, you know, we haven't pressed, we've kind of stood off teams and maybe admired them a wee bit. We need, you know, I think I always I always like to see press, you know, get, get stuck in, don't give them time on the ball, you know. That's what other teams like Livy and Hamilton that were, were, were notorious for in the seasons where they, you know, like Hamilton were, they just wouldn't go down because they didn't give you time on the ball. They just fought for every ball. We need to have that same attitude. And I'm sure that's the sort of thing Malcolm McKay's renowned for himself, you know, in the years past. And um, something he probably knows that county are going to have to do that, going to have to fight that a little bit harder because we're smaller, you know. Um, and you're not going to get any gifts in this league. Well, on that note, then, the last question I had for you, Kenny, you said back at, before the start of the season, no reason Ross County shouldn't be targeting top six. Is that still the case? Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that that's the case. I don't, I don't, I don't think they should. I don't. Well, if I if I was in the dugout, I'd be saying, why not? 
you know, why can't we? Why can't we go to top six? You know, um, why can't we be the best of the rest? I don't. I don't see why not. You know, there's enough quality there. Depending on what we take in in January, we'll see. You know, but um, top six would be wonderful if, if we managed to achieve that. You know, that would be fantastic. But you know, I'll, I'll take. I'll take. I'll take tenth. <laughs> you know, I'll take staying in the league. You know, um, and I'm sure that's that's job number one is survival in the league. Because um, obviously, what he's doing is he's building a team. He's building. He's looking at the whole footballing department from top to bottom. So um, there's a big remit there. You know, we need to see more more of our younger players getting taken into the team. You know, because um, we can't we can't keep having loads of lone players and stuff like that. And what happened to Clark there? gets stolen away and that's you know if we're going to do that then at least sell them <laughs> make a bit of money you know but uh, yeah I'm hoping that there's a sell-on clause for Ross Stewart I don't know if there is or not I don't know if you have that info but <laughs> there's a question for you not off the top yeah. of my head I may have known yeah. this at some point I, I can yeah tell. next time you're speaking to Fermi yeah <laughs> Kenny, I kind of lied to you. I have to be honest because I said that would be the last question, but you mentioned something there that I forgot I wanted to pick you up on. Young players. When we're talking yes. about forwards and Dom Samuel, Jordan White, but also the lack of goals that they've scored, could somebody like Matty Wright come back into the team in this month? Yeah, well, why not? You know, I, I mean, I, I, I would be giving these guys a chance, you know. it's it's what, what's What's the problem with having that guy on the bench, you know? Um, and, and blood him, get get him into the team, you know, and, and give them a chance because, you know, you could spend you could spend I don't know how much on trying to get somebody up where you're having to cover their wages or whatever, like, and and it might not work, you know, it just might not happen. Um, so you've got a guy like that, I think that's, you know, there's no massive expectations on the boy, you know, he's 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 got he's young, he's local, just have to go out there and just enjoy himself. You know, and, and he's the type of guy I think he would get right in about it. You know, but you know, at the end of the day, the manager's got to. The problem, I think, the problem with that, and I think the problem with us blooding youngsters and stuff, is the the thrive for keeping ourselves in the league. So it's almost like you can't take that risk, you know, and you're putting all that pressure on a young man and stuff, you know. And there's all that sort of stuff that you've seen over the years with coaches and stuff, you know, but. I just think, you know, I just think that, you know, you look like sort of Josh Reed, you know, and you just, he took his chance. And I think Matthew's another one like that. I think, you know, I've seen him a couple of times down at the club and stuff like that, you know, and he's obviously been doing a lot of gym work. He's really filled out. So I think he would be, he would he would easily match up against guys in the league. But uh, it's just taking that risk, isn't it? It's just taking that, that chance and just saying, go for it, you know. It's the age-old problem. But it is an age-old problem and... and Sooner or later, somebody's going to have to say, "Look, we need to give this boy a chance. Can't keep farming our guys out to Elgin and um, Broder, whatever else, you know, and, and and hoping that that's going to work, you know. Um, we need we need to try them. Why not? You know, you're taking if you've got them on the bench, stick them on for half an hour, see what happens. If he scores a goal, stick them on a bit longer the next time. You know, keep it going." Because he's a confident guy and he scored goals wherever he's gone. So, um, yeah, no, for me, I'm all for that. You know, I would love to see a, a young local lad getting a chance, you know, definitely. 
Well, that was a nice full circle moment, really, to end that conversation with Ross County's support or liaison officer, Kenny McLennan, on because at the very start of our season preview chat with them back in the summer, the very first thing we talked about was Matty Wright scoring a phenomenal goal in the preseason friendly against Elgin City. So, who knows, we may well see Matty Wright in the Ross County team certainly in the next couple of weeks because just in the last couple of days, since I talked to Kenny actually, Marky Mackay has said that Matty Wright is back at the club, he's been recalled from his loan at Brewer and he's going nowhere anytime soon and he's going to assess his progress, see where he is, see if he needs another loan, maybe at a higher level but he's certainly not going anywhere uh, at this stage of the transfer window, it'll be right at the very end before he moves on again if that is what's going to happen. Uh, I should also say that I recorded that conversation with Kenny before Ross County signed Declan Drysdale on loan from Coventry. Uh, he was talking about the need for a commanding centre-back there. Potentially, Drysdale is going to be exactly that as a six-foot-five loan signing at the heart of defence from Coventry. Uh, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. Huge thanks to Kenny for giving up his time to chat with me about Ross County season so far. Like we were talking about, there's been some negatives. They obviously didn't start the campaign particularly well, but a lot more positives when you look at how things have gone the last few months. Up and out of the relegation zone, it's not somewhere we maybe thought they would be a couple of months ago. So it's been fantastic to see the progress that's been made in Dingwall so far. We're about to move on to the Cali Thistle side of things, but just before I do, I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention the digital subscription offers that we have going on at Highland News and Media right now. I mentioned a few times in podcasts towards the end of 2021 that we'd launched an app. We had a whole new range of stuff going on online that you could sign up to and subscribe to. And now at Highland News and Media, we're offering our podcast listeners a £10 discount on an annual Digital Plus subscription. You'll be able to read all of our online content and the digital newspapers including the latest sports news in the Highlands and Murray just go to hnmedia.co.uk forward slash subscribe and enter the promo code podcast to get £10 off a digital annual plus subscription. Now, of course, you should be doing that anyway, because you can listen to the podcast on all of our Highland News and Media websites. For anybody who does go and do that, thank you very much. And of course, thank you for listening. I think I've been rambling on long enough, so it's time to move over to the Inverness Caledonian Thistle side of things. Here is my chat once again, uh, joined by Andrew Young from the Wineless Shuffle podcast. Thanks for joining me again, Andrew. Very much appreciated. Uh, I'll start you off with a nice, easy, general question. What have you made of the season so far? Um, I suppose I should be pretty happy overall. Uh, I mean, you know, we're three points off the top with a game in hand, but it's one of those sort of situations where, you know, if you'd asked me in August, you know, or told me in August that's where we'd be now, I'd have kind of bitten your hand off for it. But now that we're here, I think probably me, a lot of Inverness supporters are maybe a little bit frustrated that we don't have a few more points, that we're not actually clear in front. That's partly because we had a really good start. Obviously, we had that that kind of play when you know, it hit the ground running, you know, with the 15 points in the first five games. And also, I think the competition has been a lot less daunting than you might have expected. You know, um, Kilmarnock certainly haven't been anywhere near the force we expect them to be. It's been one of those leagues where everyone's been taking points off each other. So, you're thinking, you know, there's been a few games where we've just, it's almost like we've just let them slide. And that that's really frustrating. So I think, yeah, I'm not I'm not unhappy. And it would be really unfair in the players and the manager to kind of be too critical 
but th- there's an element of frustration there, an element of what might have been, you know, so far. It's interesting you say that because I've noticed this at games myself the last few weeks. Even though things have been going fairly well, you're top of the league, I think, as recently as last month, you're not that far off it right now. It doesn't feel like it's all guns blazing and euphoria or anything like that at the minute, which it seems a little bit strange on paper, like you say, but there's just something that's not quite clicking, isn't there? Yeah, well, I think there's a there's that sort of fear. I mean, I suppose part of it, euphoria is pretty hard to come by when you've got such low crowds and stuff like that, obviously. But you know, you're right. I mean, even I think even within the sort of online community, um, people just feel that um, why don't we kind of kick on more in games? Why don't we build more in games? The Morton game um, in uh, December was the one real exception to that. You know, where we, um, you know, everything seemed to come together, and it was just a sort of game that could be set to music, sort of thing. You know, we just uh, absolutely destroyed them. Uh, but there haven't been too many like that. Maybe the Clamarnet game around the same time, actually, because we we just kind of went toe to toe with them. We played them the same way that our broth sort of played them, mm. and didn't let them really get back into the game. Didn't let them sort of put, or I say get back into the game. I mean, it was quite late on when we scored, but I felt we were always the the, the kind of marginally the more dominant, stronger. Um, team in that game you know and I think that I think there was a real atmosphere of that game you know uh, but that was one of the very very few times I think when as you say there was a a sort of sense of euphoria a sense of genuine optimism yeah maybe that was a little bit of hyperbole for myself to use the word euphoria maybe that's pushing it a little (laughs) bit (laughs) yeah oh well you know we we can dream it'll come back at some point hopefully (laughs) at some point definitely well listen Andrew I, I don't want to scare you but I've gone back and listened to the season preview we did a few months ago so okay. I'm going to be picking up a couple of things you said there, seeing if you still feel right. the same way, if things have changed, how you feel about them. Sure. Um, one of the things we talked about, because at the time Billy Dodds had just been appointed as head coach, one of the things that you said was that if he has a clear vision, a clear style of play, I suppose, that would be a good thing. Do you feel like you've seen that? Is there such a thing as Dodds ball at the Caledonian Stadium right now? <laughs> uh, the word certainly exists. It's been sort of um, bandied about quite a lot. No, actually, I was making notes on this earlier before they come on. I think one of the things you can say about him that it's it's actually quite hard to identify a very distinctive managerial style or philosophy beyond saying that he's, he's a pragmatist. I think you know he sets up in a pretty traditional style. He's going to four four two or four four one one, I suppose, if you want to you want to be more precise. And his fullbacks are sort of defenders first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, we've seen a little bit of sort of variety and corner and free kick routines. Um, they haven't really borne fruit yet, but that's one thing. They obviously kind of do a bit of work in dead balls and stuff. I think he obviously, you know, he works hard with the players. Um, the one thing, and it's not necessarily a positive, it goes back to what we were talking about just a minute or so ago, is that if there's one thing that's emerged, it's that inability to kill off games. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously the first five games of the season, we did ride our luck a wee bit with the, the five 1-0 wins. Um, and then we started to let it slide a wee bit. There was Dunfermline game and the Hamilton game at home. There was a game against Air away when they were in really bad form and we still let them get it back to 2-2. There was a cup game against Martin at home and those are the games that really frustrate. And I think that's one of the things that people maybe would level at Billy Dawes and say, well, is this is this down to what he's telling the players? Is it down to, or is it down to them? Um, I think you have to say he's not really had enough out of his creative players, but again, you know, the players are supposed to be his creative players, but again, is that just them not delivering, just not hitting form? Is that a motivation thing? That's hard to see, um, or hard to kind of really, you know, definitively say. Um, 
one thing actually that I think was quite encouraging was against Wraith Rovers on Saturday where we were really awful in the first half. He actually changed the system and the lineup really decisively. He went to three at the back. He threw on two new players. I think one was uh, his hand was forced a bit by injury, but still I thought that was you know that was encouraging. And I thought we saw him showing more flexibility there than I think we've seen in the past. Maybe he'd just had enough and gone, right, I've given this system long enough. So maybe that's something to see going forward. But I think um, he's a pragmatist. He's sort of safety first, I would say. Um, but I would far rather, I think, a pragmatic manager who does that than, than someone who sort of, um, you know, is, goes on and on about their philosophy at great length and then it goes horribly wrong and they're still going on about it and they're too stubborn to change, you know. So I think, yeah, he's... Um, it's not the most fun point football we see, but you've got to say that on whole, he's, he's done a pretty good job. You know, first first kind of permanent job as a manager. He's, he's doing okay, yeah. You've alluded to it there. I was chatting to Billy Mackay after the match against Wraith, and he was saying he quite enjoyed having the three strikers on the pitch at one time, having them all mm-hmm. interacting with each other, linking up with, with each other. Do you think maybe a, a little bit more variety in terms of shape and in terms of system could be a good thing going forward? Yeah, I'm wondering if he's going to do that. I'm thinking that, you know, three at the back actually suits the personnel we've got to some extent. You know, um, Robbie Dees is, has done well left back, but he's he's a central defender first and foremost. Kurt Profit, I think, can play the sweeper, obviously, and sure. then he's got two younger, fitter, slightly quicker, certainly Dees um, case um, defenders to do his running for him. Cameron Harper, I think, um, looks more of a wing back than a traditional full back. You know, he's, he's good going forward. He's got a good cross on him. Um, that would also suit David Carson if he chooses to move Carson back out there. Because I actually think Carson, even though he's, you know, he, he never really lets you down. But I think he's looked a little bit lost in the middle. And that's where we've, since he's come back in there. And that's where his strongest competition is. If we've got McAleer and we've got Sean Welsh coming back in alongside Allardyce, who at the moment is the is the first name in the team sheet, then I think that um, possibly a sort of a 3-5-2 might work. But then again, it's who do you have up front? And are you really relying on Cameron Harper and, and, and David Carson potentially as your most attacking wide threats? I think most people would would like to see a, um, a, a traditional winger, a proper winger, a fast, pacey winger come in. You know, um, because neither, none of our, our wingers have really quite delivered this season. Um, but yeah, I think I think he does need to experiment to some extent. You know, and I think something that gives Billy Mackay supply and support from a wider variety of areas would definitely be helpful. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the wingers there. We've seen a couple of wingers leave the club this month already. Mm-hmm. Back in the summer, you had really high hopes for Tom Walsh. We were actually talking to him on the press conference earlier today, and even he yeah. was saying. He needs to contribute more assists and goals. I'm guessing you feel exactly the same way, right? I do, yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember if I used the phrase. I know I did in our podcast, uh, the what are the Wayne Shuffles podcast, whether I did in the one that I did with you, the phrase kind of difference-making player. But that's what I said I wanted from him. Mm-hmm. Um, we need that sort of creativity. And, and I said that in his first season with us, or his first spell with us, you saw that potential. And yet he hasn't, it hasn't quite happened for him. Um, one of the things that I wonder about him is that he has got a bit of pace. He can get beyond, but he tends not to. He tends to check and kind of, you know, dance a little bit in front of a player, maybe try and beat them, maybe try and beat them another way, cut inside. I think maybe just a bit more directness would help because he has got a cross on him. And I think a lot of the time he's, he's crossing a wee bit from, from too deep, you know. Um, interesting to see that he's been honest about that himself. And he says he's maybe not had the season he expects, but I don't know. Um, 
I sometimes think he almost gets disproportionate criticism because he's expected to be the most creative player out there. Um, Aaron Donnan's been in and out of games, and obviously he's injured now and may be out, out for some time. Um, so I think more of it's fallen on Watson, obviously losing Michael Gardine, who um, who was actually making a bit of a difference, you know. Um, I mean, that's frustrating from, you know, without going into detail, sounds like the club had no option. They probably did the right thing. It was something they couldn't have prepared for, obviously. Um, the one thing about guarding though, is I actually wondered if we were sometimes relying a bit too heavily on him and the rest right. of the players were saying, give it to Michael and let him do the work because it, his best form coincided with a period when the team as a whole were stuttering. So I think what you're really looking for, ideally, I know it's hard to get this, but a team with with balance, with two wide players, both on form, both um, kind of contributing. So you're basically stretching defences. You're kind of like saying, you know, there's threat on either side here, you know, and we've not got that. And, and for whatever reason, Anthony McDonald didn't get didn't get that chance, whether it was fitness, injury, or just not delivering and training, I don't know. But certainly I think we, we have to add in those areas, I think. McDonald was another one you'd mentioned back in the summer, actually, as having mm. relatively high hopes for. One yeah. of the questions I was going to ask you today was, what surprised you so far this season? Is, is McDonald not getting a chance one of those things? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I assume there are good reasons for it, because there have been a, enough games where we were disappointing in an attacking sense that you'd think Billy Dawes would have said, right, we'll try something else. You know, um, he's he's certainly changed it up in the middle when he's needed to. He's rotated the strikers. You know, um, Billy uh, Billy McKay didn't get get on for the first five or six league games of the season, and then you know he, he kind of come on and, and Shane Sutherland's been in and out. Roddy McGregor's been in and out. So Billy does isn't afraid of of switching up, and yet Anthony McDonald barely got a sniff. So I think that w- there will be good reasons for that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm disappointed. I, I, I thought the the flashes I saw of him, he looked like he had something a bit different. That he did have pace and um and that kind of trickery that we need. So it feels like we've gotten quite negative again, which I suppose is a symptom of how the feel is around about Cali Thistle at the minute. Are there any good surprises? Anything that's that's exceeded your expectations? Well, I mean, yeah, there are plenty of good things. So I don't want it to sound too negative, you know. Like as I said, I'm kind of happy overall, but it's just you, you tend to do that, don't you? You kind of pick holes and things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I think Kirk Profit undoubtedly has been a good signing. You know, you you, you look at that and you just think we, that could have gone either way. Kilmarnock supporters last year were very very critical of him, and it's that thing I think where everything goes wrong for a team and they look at scapegoats and Broadfoot. You know, you'd think he'd kind of I don't know killed all their families or something. Um, only Kilmarnock have conceded fewer goals than us. So that in itself, that says a lot for itself. Um, no team has ever been, or one team once has been more than one goal ahead of us. You know, So there's never been a game in which we've been sort of given a doing in terms of the scoreline. There's been a few times when our backs have been to the wall. Um, Danny Devine, who had a good season last season, is looking even better this season. And I think Robbie Dees has probably benefited from it as well. He can carry the ball forward well. He's composed you know, so I think I think Broadfoot has been an excellent signing, and I wasn't sure um, just whether that would work or not, or whether it was going to look absolutely finished. I'd give him another season. You know, even if he doesn't play every game, I'd be giving him another season and hoping that he could bring Devine on even further and, and Robbie D's on even further. I think Billy McKay's um, been a good signing. I don't think he's had the service he deserves, um, but I think you've seen that he he looks like a class act. Um, you know, he's increasingly having to create his own openings, I think, which is frustrating. Uh, but once he got into the team, he started, um, you know, he scored a few really decent goals. I still think, I mean, if we had 
better supply coming into him, I think he'd have a very good chance of being the league's top scorer. There's nobody that's really kind of running away with the, you know, the kind of the, the league's um, kind of golden boot, if such a thing exists this season. Um, there's no sort of uh, Shanklin type figure. Mm-hmm. And I think Mackay, if we, if we were able to create more, has still got the, the guile and the composure and the eye for goal that he could be that sort of player. Um, so no, no blame at all attaches to him for the fact that um, we're maybe, you know, a bit frustrated. And um, and I think Reese McAleer actually is starting to show that he could be a very good player. Um, you could tell that he's he quite a classy looking player on the ball, but I think early on, probably because he's very young, he's only 19 and he's probably never really had um, a kind of a regular berth in a, in a competitive league before. Um, that he looked like he maybe wasn't quite sure what his best options were when he was on the ball, maybe hadn't quite formed a relationship with uh, Allardyce when he played alongside him. And obviously he was in and out of the team, but I think recently you've started to see him look more confident, um, made better decisions, you know, look really composed on the ball. I think he's presented Billy Dodds with quite a difficult sort of decision um, going forward because you've got Sean Welsh coming back into contention. I think that him and Allardyce would probably be Billy Dodds's first choice centre midfield pairing. But I think, you know, McAleer does give him that sort of, give, give him that option. You've got Carson in there as well. But as I say, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Carson actually ends up moving back out to the right back sort of area. So, yeah, I think that, that's, that's three positives for you. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Broadfoot because that helps me segue quite nicely onto my next question. When we chatted back in the summer, you said that you still wanted to see an experienced central defender come into the squad. I think Mm -hmm. about a week or two after that, Broadfoot signed. Uh, You did touch on this earlier. What do you still want to see in terms of additions this month? The main thing is is kind of pace um, and creativity in the wide areas. So that's um, obviously wingers would be good, you know. someone to replace Gardine, someone to replace, potentially someone to replace Gardine and Anthony McDonald, but I think that might be a wee bit of a luxury. So if not, then someone who can play, you know, someone who's an out-and-out winger, a pacey winger, someone who could play in the 10 would be good. I mean, Roddy McGregor, who we've not mentioned at all yet, he's he's someone that you think, could he be that player? You know, could he um, come in instead of Shane Sutherland? He's done, he's done well at times, you know, I think he uses the ball well. But I think you want your tent to be your creative fulcrum. You want that to be the player that really, you know, that really scares defenders and that and that the creative play kind of revolves around. And I don't think that's quite Shane, even though he's done well. Roddy possibly could do that, but he's very young. And when he's been on the team, he's been moved all over the place. You know, he can play wide, he can play the 10, he can play a little bit deeper as a sort of eight. Um, but the result of that has been that he's never really had the chance to establish himself. So what you'd like to do, really, I mean, what you want is a sort of a, an Andrew Shinney in his prime type player in there you know not that not that we're going to get that although actually um Andrew Shinney no longer in his prime and at Livingston not always in the team you know that never say never there but uh I think uh you know you're looking for a, a, someone who could play the 10 role really well and I think we need a fullback um I possibly too um Dees is fine there and I think Harper will get better there on the left David Carson's, uh, you know, he has done really, really well there. But I think again, if we're looking for someone who can bomb up and down the wing, who can overlap, who's got the, who's got the ability to to kind of like form a proper sort of overlapping relationship with a winger or whoever's playing on that side further forward, that would be good as well. You know, so that's, I mean, that's what potentially three. You know, a fullback, a winger, and a ten. I, I don't know if we're going to get three. You know, I, I think that the budget's pretty tight. 
I would be really disappointed if we don't get at least two players in. I think because every other team just about is is building and is adding, and so we need to do that as well. Um, but yeah, that that's what I want. I think center of the park, both in terms of central defense, bearing in mind that we've got D's to come in there if we need, and we've got the the four central midfielders. That's five, even if you include Roddy, that's fine, you know. But it's it's the wide areas really. So with that in mind, again, I think you may have touched on this earlier on. What do you want to see on the pitch from the team in the rest of the season? More creativity going forward, like supply to the strikers from from a greater variety of areas. Actually, I said one. If I could add one other person, if, I, if I've got my wish list there, um, possibly another striker who's a bit more physical than Mackay and offers something slightly different. I don't think we'll get that unless. Manny Duku is let go, which I think I think would be a shame. But after a promising kind of start to the season in terms of his work rate, he's just he's not really delivered, and he looks a bit lost when I see him now. I think if there was any chance of him going and any chance of Lewis Jemison returning to St Mirren, and by the way, he's been quite good as well. But I think he's not had that many chances, and that might just be because he's not different enough from Mackay in style. Then yeah, I think another striker would be in there. But anyway, to go back to what you're saying, yeah, I think. Whether it's just Mackay and one of the existing strikers, or Mackay and his own, or Mackay with Sutherland behind him, we need to be getting more into them. Um, so a greater variety, or, or, or supply to the strikers from a greater variety of positions. Wingers will hit the bylines. Um, greater pace going forward, and killing teams off when we get ahead. That I think we really need to do that. We cannot go through the rest of the season um, getting one goal ahead and then slumping to kind of late defeats or late draws you know teams that do that do not will not and don't deserve to win leagues um and the big danger is obviously not that we just um that we don't win the leagues i think kilmarnock are going to be firm favorites now but actually that it's so close to the top five that we end up slipping out of the top four and miss out in the playoffs as well and that would be incredibly frustrating you know given the position that we're in at the moment I was going to come on to that in just a second, but before I do, when you describe the kind of striker that you'd like to see come into the club, my first thought was, isn't that Manny Duku you're describing? It's just a stranger, isn't it? Like In paper, he's basically everything you would want as an alternative to Billy Mackay. Yeah, it's just, it's, although he's obviously physically powerful, he doesn't necessarily play like a big sort of target man, a, a player that's really difficult to play against and puts himself about. Um, he... He's got quite a nice touch the ball at his feet. Um, when he's certainly when he's when he's warmed up and he's into a game, as I say, he's not made much impact as a sub. You've seen nice kind of movement from him and, and, and some nice touches from him. Um, but he's not necessarily been a, a very difficult player for opponents to play against. He's not an aerial player necessarily. He's more a player who likes the ball at his feet. So yeah, I, I don't really think he's that sort of player. Um, you know, you're looking for a sort of a, a Graham Bain or a Jordan White who's Actually, I mean, I, quite frustrated a little bit for us as well. We maybe thought he could have been a bit more direct, gunning more with the head. He seems to have, I think he's actually grown as a player since he's come to county. I think he's actually more of a more of an aerial threat and more sure. of a physical threat now than he was with us. Um, but that sort of player, I think. You know, actually, Richie Foden would be the obvious one. The last time we, um, we were in this division, then obviously we had the enormous advantage of having Johnny Hayes, who's gone on to have a tremendous career. And... Um, you know, and a pretty strong team all round. But the contribution that Foran made, you know, getting the ball up, knocking it down for Adam Rooney, you know, can't be can't be discounted. You know, and, and that sort of that sort of presence, the sort of team that scares people. I don't I don't think we necessarily scare opponents. I think you know they know that um, 
we're going to be quite hard to maybe get the ball off, that um, they're probably not going to dominate us. But very few teams, with the possible exception of Morton now, are sitting there thinking, oh my God, we're going to get, we're going to get turned over here. You know? And that, I'd like to see that change. Well, last one for you then, Andrew. You were talking about the league table before. If I bring you back to the summer. You said that Cali Thistle could win the title. Second was possibly optimistic, but it was the best chance in years for Cali Thistle to win the championship. Do you still think that's the case? Is the title still well within reach? The league table would say it is, but the feeling might be quite different. Yeah, I think if we had come out of the Christmas period with two really good performances against our Broth and Wraith Rovers, I would have felt pretty optimistic because we'd have hit the ground running um, and kind of, you know, taken six points off two of our closest rivals um, and there'd have been a really good feel about the place. As it is, I think Kamarnik, I can't see past them kind of matching the ambition of getting McInnes with sort of del- delivering. They must have given him guarantees. He must have said, right, we, we will give you a budget. We'll get players in that you need. Um, and I I just think with his experience, with the obvious advantage he's going to have in the transfer market, I think you will start to see them push on. You know, I was quite surprised that they didn't do better anyway, but I think there were a few players in there that are, are nice footballers, but not necessarily up for a fight. And I think McInnes will get that out of his players. Um, really canny move, I think, by McInnes um, bringing Dan McKay in. Because I think Dan McKay was exactly the sort of player that we'd have gone for. Um, he's, you know, he's quick and he's direct. Whether he'd have made enough of a difference on his own, because he's not had that much football himself this year. And he was, you know, last week, last season, although he had a, week, a period when he was absolutely on fire, you know, he wasn't, you know, we couldn't have relied on him last season. So there's no reason we would be able to rely on him to turn our season around this season. But what McInnes has done by bringing him in is he's given himself an attacking option and he's deprived us of someone that he must have thought, you know, they're, they're going to be interested in Dan McKay. So there's two birds and one stone there. Um, so, yeah, in, in answer to your question, I think Kilmarnock will win it. I think our growth, even though, I mean, they've been absolutely tremendous, but losing Dowds and losing Newplay, they are going to struggle to to kind of maintain, you know, that ability to to actually not just outfight teams and match teams, but actually, you know, actually beat them. I, I could see them having an awful lot of draws over the rest of the season. Um, I think that... Partick as well. I'm just, I'm just not sure about them as well. I think they're they're pretty inconsistent, you know. So I think, I I honestly don't know. I th- yeah, I think we could. I doubt, I doubt we're going to win the league. I think we can still finish second. Um, I think Wraith Rovers were definitely better than us at the weekend though. Um, and they've added up front, which is where they were they were kind of missing. They weren't really converting chances. And Dolan and Williamson looked like good additions. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Kamarnik, then Wraith Rovers, and then I'll I'll give us third. I'll give us third just ahead of Partick and um, our both just missing out. That's my that's my final prediction. Well, there you go. An official prediction from Andrew Young of the Wine and Shuffle podcast. They're hoping to have a new episode out before the end of the month. So if you're a Cali Thistle fan, make sure you keep your eyes peeled and check that one out. For the time being, I think it's about time I knock this one on the head. This might be a bit of a taster of what is the future of Balls and Whistles. Essentially what you've heard there are two half-hour interviews uh, with one individual person about one particular thing. And that is, in theory, what we're hoping to do going forward. So if you like this idea, you like this sort of format, let us know. You can get in touch at all the usual places. That is Twitter. You can get in touch with the podcast at Balls underscore Whistles. Myself at A Henderson 96 or 
or Will Clark, sports editor at HNM underscore W Clark. Of course, you can also get in touch with us by emailing ballsandwhistles at hnmedia.co.uk. And while you're online anyway, why not? Like I said earlier, go to hnmedia.co.uk forward slash subscribe and get £10 off a digital plus annual subscription to access all of Highland News and Media's online content using the promo code podcast. That is everything I have to say. So until next time, whenever that may be, whatever we're going to be talking about then, as usual, thank you all so much for listening.